wonderful to be here. I'm sure you're also happy to be here. Amen? More and more of us. <laughs> okay, Christmas is coming. Jingle bells, jingle. <laughs> right? Okay, I want to share with you about, uh, just I had a revelation recently about um, just uh, of Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration and God just showed me again how, how wonderful Jesus is and that Jesus is the face of God, right? <clears throat> when we look at the Lord Jesus, we see God, we have an understanding. You have to understand that there's a progressive revelation of God through the Bible. Sometimes people read a few verses in the Old Testament and they say, oh, you know, I don't want that kind of God, you know, because they, they totally misunderstand Him, right? But Jesus is the ultimate expression, the ultimate revelation of who God really is. And it's Christmas time, so I want us not just to talk about baby Jesus, but about Jesus, you right? Like the full-grown Jesus, the Son of God manifest in the flesh, and that He did not just come to to die for us, but He came to be an example to us as how to live, but He also came to explain our Father to us. Amen. So let's go to Psalm 115, verse 7 to 8. <clears throat> it says they have hands. Now this is talking about idols, okay? Idols. They have hands, but they do not handle. Feet they have, but they do not walk, nor do they mutter through their throat. Those who make them are like them, so is everyone who trusts in them. So this is why it's so important the way you see God, right? Because what you worship is what you become like. That's what the Scripture tells us. It tells us these people worship idols and they became exactly like those, those idols, right? And uh, this is very, very important. C.S. Lewis says this. He says, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. The most important thing. Why? Because your theology shapes your life. Your theology, what you believe about God, makes you, uh, what, what determines your behavior? It's what you believe. It's what you believe, right? If you believe something is bad uh, for you to eat, you're not going to eat that. Like, I, I believe exercise is essential, so that's why I exercise often, right? Without, faith without works is dead. So what you believe something, you can actually put it into practice. And I, I remember many years ago, when I was a missionary in Taiwan, I could not believe the heartlessness of many of the fathers. Now let me explain, right? So I had these young people in church, 19 to like 20, early 20s, right, students, and I would ask them, you know, and none of them, I said one day, who of you, your dad has ever told you that he loved you? Nobody, nobody. I mean, there was like about 50 of them, okay? Not one single person put up their hands. And then I started visiting the fathers and the guy who took over the church for me was my spiritual son eventually. He's an, an outstanding person, absolutely outstanding, right? Never smoked, never drank, always obeyed his parents. He's just like a model person. I mean, when he wanted to leave, quit his job and go full-time, his boss says, please don't quit, I'll double your salary, that kind of person. So I asked his dad, dad you know. I said, oh, you know, you know, you know, you know, you know, have you ever told your son? And then it struck me one day when I read this verse. When you worship idols, idols are made of water. Woodla, muthawa, meyukanchuela, a stone. Idols are made of stone. Your heart becomes like stone. When you worship something generation after generation after generation, your heart becomes like a stone. So your theology determines your life. It determines how you live. Amen? I mean, we, we can, some societies have got a caste system where they call some people untouchables. Where does that come from? From their theology. 
Oh no, don't help them lah. Bad karma lah. Don't help them lah. Let them suffer lah. Let them get. Why? Because of what? How they see God. How some people blow themselves up and think they're going to get 70 virgins. Why? Because of how they see God. So that's why it's so important that you see our Father in the right way. But lest you think I'm only talking about people from other religions, let's, uh, let me show you this picture. This is very scandalous, but this is true. Okay, now these people are from Westboro Baptist Church, okay? And they believe that homosexuals are an abomination to God, right? They don't talk about people who gossip law, people who eat too much law, you know, unforgiveness, bitterness. No, 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 don't talk law. Only gay people are an abomination. The rest can already, right? It's amazing how we cherry pick what we like and what we don't like. Anyway, so what they do, they go to funerals of American servicemen, soldiers who died in the war, right? And they would pick, even though they were not homosexual at all, and they would, they would say these kind of things. I mean, can you, can you see that, you know, you're going to hell, thank God for dead souls. These are Christians, Christians, who does this. Why? Because in Leviticus it says, when a man lies with another man, it's an abomination to God. So these people are all abominable because they go to a gay army because the army has legalized homosexuality. You know what I'm saying? Can, can you see where these Christians go? Of course, what they're doing is an abomination. Hello. <laughs> Amen. It's terrible. It's terrible. So let me ask you, when people see you, when people encounter you, how do they see God? How do they read God from us? When they encounter us, how do they see us? You see, when people encounter Jesus, they saw the real one, Yahweh, manifested in the flesh. Isn't that wonderful? He never turned anybody away. He tested them sometimes, even little children. Amen? That's really wonderful. It is, it is vital how we see God because that determines how we live and what we live for. Because where your treasure is, there your heart is also. Right? Amen. Let's go to Matthew 5, verse 17. It says, Do not think that I've come to destroy the law and the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. Now, in the New Living Translation, it says, I came to accomplish their purpose. Their purpose. Right? So Jesus came to replace that, the law and the prophets. Okay? Jesus came to replace, I, I, that's my own word, okay? It's not a Bible. Jesus came to replace that. So what is the law and the prophets? The law is God's written word. That's it. The law is God's written word. What was written? The prophets is what God speaks when God speaks to His people. God's spoken word. The logos and the rhema of the Old Testament, right? But Jesus came to replace that. Jesus comes to replace that, right? He became that. He says, from now on, I will write down for you what you need to do and I will speak to you. My sheep hear my voice. I will speak to you. I will speak to you, right? So this is so, so important. This is so, 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 so important, okay? Jesus gives life, but the law <clears throat> brings death. Let's go to John chapter 5, verse 39 to 40. You search the Scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. Okay, now let me just say this. is very important to read your Bible. Christian, okay? We have time for all kinds of nonsense. Let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. Okay, recently uh, I had a dream but like a very, very amazing dream, right? And um, I was sitting at the king's table and at a banquet, like a wedding banquet, and he said to me, go and, get, go and fetch me wine, right? And so I had this crystal, beautiful jug. Like I had to go across the ballroom and there was this big crystal fountain with wine and I had to dunk it in the wine and bring the wine to the king's table. So I went and I came back. As I was coming back, there was this guy, Ang Mola. I don't know why Ang Mola, but never mind. <laughs> okay, so Ang Mola was taller than me as well. He had a clipboard. 
So he said to me, excuse me, sir, can I just, I said, I'm so sorry. I have no time for surveys now. I, I need to take the wine to the king's table, right? And, uh, and then I turn left, he's there. La. I turn right, Angmo's there. La. Eventually, I put down the jug and I'm like, please, I need to. Eventually, he pushed me on the floor. He sits on top of me. Can you imagine? I said, okay, this is time for my jujitsu uh, tricks, right? I flipped him over and I said, I'm sitting on top of him. I took him by his ears like this, okay? I won't do it in real life, okay? Don't worry, la. And I, I knock his head on the floor, boom, 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 three times, in like blink, blink, and he passed out. I took the jug, I went to the king's table. As I put the jug on the table, there was like a PA system. It says, Mr. Distraction. Mr. Distraction. And the Lord said to me, I send you to go get wine. What's this wine? It's the, the, the Holy Spirit, right? It's the power of the Holy Spirit. Don't get distracted. That's why in the Old Testament, the Lord said to people, right, to the prophets, don't turn to the left, don't turn to the right, go and do what I told you to do. Don't eat with people, right? So I, please don't get distracted. Amen. <laughs> Come on, with your phone and all that stuff. Don't get distracted. Don't. Some years back, I, I went for a Bukatima in the park that night. I went for a, a, prayer, a prayer walk. And as I was walking, uh, you know, and then zzz, zzz, I looked at it. Do you know what God said to me? Can we please have a private conversation? So I'm like, oh, sorry. So now when I, I go walk there, I leave my phone in the car or whatever or at home. I, I don't take my phone with me. Yeah, but what, what nothing lie. You speak to the king. Amen. <laughs> okay. You search the scriptures. You think that they have life. They do have life, right? But you're not willing to come to me that you may have life. So let me say this to you. The Bible is a map. There are some people who believe in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Bible. No. The Bible is a map to bring you to God. The Bible is not it. Hello. I read the Bible all the time. All the time I read the Bible. It's very important to read. Because if you don't know the map, you get lost. La. <laughs> but the Bible is not it. The Bible is a map to bring us to Him, so we believe in Him, so our lives are changed, amen? Okay, let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6. Who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Right? The law cannot give us life. The law cannot change us. It cannot change us, Right? It's the Holy Spirit that gives us life. It's very important, right? I remember many, many years ago, uh, when I was in high school, the, the, some of the kids would preach to me, right? Because I was like a juvenile delinquent. I was in a Nazi gang and all kind of... Anyway, so they would put tracks on my school books and then after break, I come back and I lift my book and there's a little track, you know, like Jesus loves you or whatever. I would literally roll like a, a, a cigar with it and then smoke it, you know, like to... But I remember once, the la I think the last one, somebody left the Ten Commandments there, you know. And I lifted up, I saw these ten things, and I, I kept it as a bookmark. And I remember I would read it, and I'm thinking, oh, I cannot lie. Like, so difficult, this, all these rules, like, you know. Could not. I tried. Could not. Could not, right? Now, let me show you my revelation that I got recently in Matthew chapter 17, right? <clears throat> Now, after, after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, led them up on a high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun. The Bible doesn't exaggerate, by the way. It doesn't exaggerate, right? And his clothes became as white as light. 
He was just showing them the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ, right? Who he was. It's like, hello, hello, I'm the one who created heaven and earth. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with him. Then Peter answered and said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, let us make here three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. Peter's default setting is, if I don't know what to do, I talk. <laughs> right? It's just like, I'm a little bit similar. Like, like, you know, so I'm not criticizing. I'm just like, welcome to the club. <laughs> right? While he was still speaking, behold, the bright cloud overshadowed them. And suddenly a voice came out of the cloud saying, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Hear him. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their faces and were greatly afraid. But Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise, do not be afraid. When they had lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. I tell you, when I, I just had such a revelation here. Okay, so what happened? There's Jesus like glowing in the dark. Right? And it's like, can you imagine? There's uh, Moses and Elijah. And what does Peter want to do? Peter wants to lump the three of them together. Right? All together, let's build three little huts here and then just keep them together. Many Christians do that. We lump Moses and Elijah and Jesus, the law and the prophets, Moses and Elijah. And Jesus, we just lump them all together. Right? We say we live under grace, but actually we're still living under law. Okay? Yes. I used to. I used to set my watch, my stopwatch when I was a young young missionary in Taiwan, I would, if I didn't pray for two hours, I felt bad. If I didn't read 20 chapters of the Bible in one day, I was like, oh, she's like, God's not so happy with me today. I had this urge to preach to anything that moved. If it didn't move, I kicked it until it moved, and then I preached to it. <laughs> I didn't even rum and raisin ice cream because there's rum in the ice cream. I was so, do you know what I'm saying? We mix the law and grace, cannot lie. Cannot, Right? And so God knew this. God knew like Peter's mind is because Moses is important. Hello, Moses is important. Elijah, seriously, he went up to heaven and he called down fire from heaven. And a year, right? So let's just lump them all together. And then what did God, God had felt the urge. Father Yahweh said, I have to intervene. You have to got to talk to them now. And he says, this, this one, this one. No, no, not these two. This one, this one. This is my beloved son. Hear him. This is finished now already. Finished already. This dispensation, not that this wasn't important. This was pointing to that. Can you see that? We were not saying this is not important, but this is the map. This is showing towards him. Moses prophesied that a prophet like myself would come. It's him. And then when the cloud lifted, no one but Jesus only. Isn't that wonderful? Moses, Elijah, gone already. It's wonderful. I hope you can see this. Why is it important? In, in uh, John chapter 8, the, the, the I had a woman caught in adultery. I always wonder what happened to the man. Do you commit adultery with yourself? Such hypocrites. Anyway, so they brought this woman. What did they say? Moses says we must kill her. Of course, then Jesus said, okay, you have no, no sin. You cast the first time. You know what I believe? You know what it says? Jesus wrote with his finger in the ground, right? You know what I believe he wrote? I believe he saw, like say for instance, Elijah is a thief, right? And so, so I, of course, he's not loud, but you know, Bifang saw, <laughs> then he looks at Elijah and then he writes thief and then he looks at him and word of knowledge, then Elijah, he leaves, right? Then Pastor Tim, gossip and gossip and gossip and gossip some more. Then I just write gossip, uh, then, uh, then he just disappears. 
and dripping like, you know, he stole money at the workplace. And then I say, I write thief, right? <laughs> and then he just disappears. I really believe that that's why Jesus wrote on the ground, right? Then what happened? Then they all left. Then Jesus said, woman, where are your accusers? Oh, they've left. Then what did he say? Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. You see, God never established the law so he can have a legal precedent to put people to death. It wasn't the plan of God all along. It's pro remember, it's progressive revelation of the complete will and manifestation of God, which is Jesus Christ. If it was God's perfect will that anybody who commits adultery, well, anyway, I would be dead already, but then he, Jesus would have put that woman to death. But that wasn't the heart of God. That wasn't God's intent. So Christ reveals to us the very heart and the very nature of God. So when you read a few verses in the Old Testament, you think, yeah, voila, God like this one. No, God not like that one. God like Jesus. <laughs> That's why you should read your Bible. Go and read the Gospels again slowly. Amen? Please, slowly. Recently someone asked me, there's some speed reading Bible thing where you read 20 chapters and then they play very... Please, it's, it's rubbish, okay? Okay, and if people, you can tell them, I, read slowly, you meditate on God's word. Let it sink into your heart. You don't like, go through it. Now, I'm not saying we can't read the Bible. Sometimes I read a whole book in one session, can. I'm not saying that. Meditate upon the Bible. It's not a storybook. It's life. Amen? Another example is Elijah, right? You think of Elijah. Jesus wanted to go into a village and uh, he wanted to go to the Samaritans and they don't welcome him. Of course, James and John remember Elijah. Ah, what did Elijah do? He called down fire from heaven. Lah. They were being biblical. Right? Hello? Like some Christians, I'm just being biblical. Let's call down fire from heaven. What did Jesus say? Jesus says, you do not know of what manner of spirit you are of. The Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to, to save men's life. He rebuked them. Why? Because Moses and Elijah, that dispensation is gone. Gone. What happened on the day that God gave the law? Have you ever seen this? Let me show you something. Maybe you've never seen this. What happened on the day Moses received the law? How many people died? Can anybody remember? 3,000 people died. Kachink, dead. Because the law came, we already broke the law, right? What happened on the day when the Holy Spirit descended? What happened? 3,000 people got saved. Isn't that wonderful? It's wonderful, it's wonderful. Listen, I'll be dead long ago. <laughs> Seriously, not for the grace of God, I'll be dead long ago. That's why I just can't judge people. Judge what, <laughs> right? If you're a murderer, how can you judge other murderers? Cannot lie, right? Cannot, amen? Then we, we see even in the New Testament, in the book of Acts, where God told Peter to eat unclean, unkosher food. Peter said, no, no, I cannot lie, right? He still did, had an Old Testament mindset. The Lord said, what, what God has cleansed, what God has purified, let no man think is defiled. Go to the Gentiles, because they still did not go to the Gentiles. The scripture in Acts says, they went preaching to Jews only. Can you imagine? Preaching to Jews only, spiritual apartheid. Because their minds were not renewed, they were still living in the old covenant. No, we're living in a new covenant. Amen? Hello, you have to see this. This is very important. Because what you believe, that's how you behave. Like those people from the Westboro Baptist Church. 
You have these horrible things and telling people they're going to hell and then, come on. Now, can you imagine that Marine? That was a Marine's funeral, right? Can you imagine as a Christian, you just go to the parents, you hug them, you pray for them. You said, I'm so sorry that your son died wherever. I'm so, how can I help you? Can I cook for you? How can I help you? Hug them, cry with them. Their son died, hello. Don't you think they'd rather become Christians then? <laughs> Amen? Show some kindness, show some compassion. Christian, we have to change the way we portray our Father. We have to. I'm, I'm talking to my, myself first. Now. We have to, we have to, we have to, we have to. We have to, we have to. Because when they see us, they see Him. Or what we worship. Please. I always tell people, the first time I met a real Christian, I became one. Now, I grew up in South Africa. White South African, religious people, okay? My people are religious people. They're not saved, they're religious. They're stuck in the Old Testament. <laughs> but I met a young Pentecostal young man, full of the fire of the Holy Spirit of God. I beat him up, he just turned the other cheek, he just forgave me. It was like a knife in my heart when he said, never mind, you beat me. I hit him with a club, by the way, not just my fist, with a piece of wood. He just forgave me. It's like a knife in my heart. First time I saw a real Christian, I became one. Ask God to make you somebody like that at work. When people look at you, they can see Jesus, amen? When they look at you, they can see the real God, merciful, gracious, kind. Amen? Hebrews chapter one, verse one to three. God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, as in these last days spoken to us by His Son. Okay, yes, previously He speaks to by the prophets. Now He speaks to us through Jesus. My sheep hear my voice. Whom He appointed heir of all things, through whom also He made the worlds. Now look at this, verse three. Who being the brightness of His glory and the express image of his person. How beautiful is that? Right? Like we say in Chinese, imo yang. Yesu kan fusan imo yang. Hello, amen? And upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had himself purged our sins and sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Colossians 1.15, he is the image of the invisible God. That's why God said, don't make an idol. Don't make an, any image of what's on earth or what's in heaven. Don't, because the image is coming. Jesus is God's selfie, okay? You wanna know what God looks like? You just look at Jesus. Right, let's go to John 14. Uh, very famous scriptures, right? We all know them very well. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Right now, uh, now look at this. If you had known me, you would have known my father also. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. Yeah, when he walked on water, when he turned water into wine, when he loved people, when he made food for the multitudes, when he was partying with the sinners. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and it is sufficient for us. Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. 
So how can you say, show us the Father? So this is my prayer. I just like, Father God, if people see me, they must see you. They must see you. You know, when I go, I, I love exercise, right? And so should you. Okay, okay, <laughs> right? Because now we just eat and sit and eat and sit, right? But I, I just preach to people, man. I just, after, I just share with people. And people have such a wrong concept of God. Wrong concept of God. I find that like, twisted. And they say, I, I don't like God because this and this and this. And they say, well, that one I also don't like now. <laughs> that one you talk about, it's not my God. No, 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 no. I, I, I agree with you. That one I also don't like. Because that's not the real God. It's some fabrication. Amen? Come on. We have to manifest Him. We have to show people. Right, so first thing He says, I am the way. Jesus is the way to God. There's no other way, okay? That's why we must preach to people, right? Not force them, not argue with them, not showing up there whatever they believe. No, no, no. Just tell them what Jesus has done for you. I do that all the time, right? I just tell them, Jesus changed my life. I don't criticize what they believe or what they don't believe. I just told them. I couldn't change myself. I was a, in a new Nazi gang as a, as a teenager. I was arrested many times. I went to court twice. I couldn't, I tried. I would swear on my mother's grave even though my mother was alive, <laughs> right? That I will never drink again. I will never fight again. My face, I was 15. I would go in pubs and fight with grown men. My, my eyes were swollen. My, my, I like this, you know. I get home and it's just blood on my clothes. My mother starts, she see me. Ikan Jokula. Then she cries. My son, my son, right? Poor mother, poor mom. Anyway, I've hugged and forgiven and or she's forgiven me and you know. But I, I, I couldn't change myself. Then I said, I will never drink again. I will never fight again. Two weeks later, yo, Lila, fight again, right? Couldn't change myself because Jesus changes us. Jesus changes us. And that, that's what we should tell people. Tell them, what difference has Jesus made in your life? Don't argue with them about this or that. Don't argue. Just tell them about Jesus because He's the way to God. Jesus is also the way of God, the way God does things. Amen? People are hungry. He feed them, la? Little children wants to come to Him, right? He doesn't turn them away, right? Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth about God. Like we spoke earlier about the woman caught in adultery. Right? What is the truth about God? He wants to restore people. Hello, hello. The Bible, if you have to sum up the Bible in one word, what is it? It's redemption, redemption. God wants to redeem. He wants to restore. That's why Jesus came. Many years ago when I was in Taiwan, I, 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 I just love Huan Bao. You know, I love envi environment. I love animals. And uh, <clears throat> one day I was in a very bad mood. The taxis nearly killed me three times, knocked me off my scooter. You know, they drive like, like crazy. And I was so angry, you know, you know. And uh, I went for a run to kind of calm myself down. And I ran over this little river and blue foam was coming down. I, I kid you not. Blue bubbles was coming down this river. So some factory was pumping rubbish into the river. Well, I tell you, man, I was jumping up and down on that river. I was like doing a Viking dance or something. I was so angry at these Taiwanese people. How can they do this, you know? And I tell you, the Lord, I don't know why the Lord speak in this year, like, but he, he just, he was like, he said to me, what does John 3, 16 say? You know, and I said, like, for God's I love the world, I do, you know. And then he said to me, and verse 17, verse 17 says, for God did not send his son into the world to judge the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Wow, I tell you, I had such a, 
I just so repented, man. I just realized. And the Lord said to me, I did not send you to Taiwan to judge people. I sent you to Taiwan to save people. Your heart is wrong. My dear friend, God has not put you in your workplace to judge your boss, judge the people around you. That's not why he sent you there. He put you there to save them. That's why, right? That's why Jesus came. Jesus left heaven to come to this dump earth. Can you imagine the, the culture shock Jesus must have gotten when he came to this place so wicked and full of nonsense? But he didn't come to judge. In fact, he was a friend of sinners. So let me ask you, do you have any sinners that are your friends? Do you ever have people who use bad language ever around you? Many Christians don't. Well, I've got a problem with that because most sinners use bad language. Now, I'm not saying bad language is good. Don't misunderstand me. I'm just saying we have got the sanctified bubble we live in. We never mix with real people anymore. That's why I love to exercise and do all kinds of different things to mix with people in darkness so we can bring light to them. Amen? Amen. Come on. Right? And Jesus is not just God's way. It's true. Jesus is God's life. When Jesus comes in, we actually change. Now, I want to ask you. I don't know all of you, but I want to ask you, are you actually born again or are you just being religious? Are you born again? As the very life of God come into you. I'm not saying are you perfect. We all make, make we're not perfect. But are you born? Has something fundamentally shifted and changed in your life? Because Jesus is God's life. When Jesus comes in, I'm telling you, things change. You're not the same person anymore. I remember I was in this gang called the SS. It was like a Nazi gang, right? And I won't go into too much details. It's just too terrible, right? But I remember that one of the members came. To, I was the the Lao Ta of the gang, okay. <laughs> and so he came to me and then I remember he was standing like this, he says, I don't know you anymore. I don't know who you are. I'm like, praise God, man. <laughs> right? It means I've changed to such a way he cannot recognize me anymore. He, he said to me, you look the same, but you're not the same. I said, of course I'm not the same. I've changed. Jesus is coming to my life. Amen? John chapter one, verse 18. It says, no one has seen God at any time. The only begotten who is in the bosom of the Father, He has declared Him. So Jesus declares God. So in the Amplified Bible, it says it three different ways, right? It says He's declared Him, He has revealed Him, He has interpreted Him, right? That's why I'm saying, please read the Gospels again slowly, slowly, and see every little thing Jesus did. That's what Father God did, right? A lot of people think God is stern. Father God is stern right? That's why Catholics pray to Mary. Do you know why Catholics pray to Mary? Because God's very angry one. <laughs> very angry. So Mary is like, she will sayang, sayang, you know, calm God down. And then, I'm, I'm, I'm not joking. No. The first miracle Jesus did, he went to a wedding. Now in Jewish culture, a wedding is a party. Okay, it's not like, you know, Chinese wedding, we have tables, 10 course meal, we eat tzudabao, tzudahuantao, right? It, it, it is, it's a, they dance. I remember the one wedding I went to, they pick up the bride on a chair. The four, you know, the whole, they go, hava, again, hava. They go like, all like that, you know, and then the bride was sitting, sitting on the chair. They're happy. The Jewish people are happy. So a, a, a wedding is a party. God goes to parties. Did you know that? 
God dances. Some people say, oh, God dances. Yes. Who you think invented dancing and music? You think it's the devil? No. He's, he's not that creative. It's God. God's not sour sack, sad sack. God is happy. <laughs> Seriously, I'm telling you. I mean, we have to see that. So when you look at Jesus, he's revealed him. He's explained him. Reveal is to, to, to declare, is to say something about God. Reveal is to show something about God. Interpret is to explain something about God. That's exactly what Jesus did. In Matthew chapter five, Jesus said this. He says, you've heard that it was said, but I say to you. Right? And there are several things there, but I, I just wanna. Jesus says, you've heard that it said, you shall not murder. I say to you, if you're angry with your brother, if you say nasty words to your brother, it's just like you've killed him. Wow, then many of us are murderers. Huh? Hello? Yeah. Jesus, Old Testament says, you cannot commit adultery. You cannot run off with another woman. New Testament, you just look at a woman to lust, which means pornography is adultery, by the way. Pornography is adultery. Okay? That's it. You must stone you already. Dead already. I wonder if any one of us who here will be alive. <laughs> I don't think so. Okay, though, if you think you will be alive, I'll put up your hand. <laughs> then there's another one where, where it, it says, you've heard it says, an eye for an eye. I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who persecute you. Listen to me. Christians do not have enemies. Except the devil. We don't have enemies. Or maybe they can be our enemy, but people don't know they're our enemies because we don't slander them. We bless them. This is what Jesus said. It said an eye for an eye. Can you imagine an eye for an eye? You take my eye, I take your eye line. Another eye, another, you're all blind. And then we have, you know, teeth. We don't have teeth. You talk like that and we don't have eyes. Terrible, man. Jesus has come to change this. Okay, finally, let's quickly go. 2 Corinthians 1. I just want to give you two names of our Father, right? Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercy and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation. Now, in the, in the Greek, in the grammar, the Father of mercy, it means mercy comes out of Him. It, it, it emanates from Him. It means when you encounter God, right? That what do you encounter? Mercy. He gives birth to mercy. When they had the tabernacle in the Old Testament, I mean, the glory of God was there and there were like people were like shaking and right? And there was like angels standing like this with their wings and cover and the, the Shekinah glory was here. There was a little thingy here. What is this thing called? The mercy seat. Not judgment seat. The mercy seat, that, the mercy seat. That's where they sprinkle the blood on, mercy. Jesus says, I desire mercy and not sacrifice. Go and learn what this means. Mercy, mercy. He's the father of mercy. He's the God of comfort. I had, a, I had a tremendous experience about this. Many years ago, my late wife passed away, right? And I was so distressed. She was my best friend and my wife. Now she's dead. It's terrible. Came back to Singapore, I was so distressed. My, my children were small. My daughter had to go to school, primary one. I was taking her to school. She was crying the whole way. I mean, I, I didn't want to, you know, cry and then we both cry. That would be terrible, like, you know, like especially while I'm driving. So I'm taking her to school and the teachers came and fetched her. 
And as I drove back home, I just, I didn't cry like, like that. I was wailing, you know. And I remember, I thought, I'm going to have an accident. I can't drive like this. I better stop somewhere. And I pulled into this park. I just says, God, help me. And I'm not exaggerating. He came into my car. I didn't see anything, but he hugged me. This much bigger than me person, he held me like this. I could just feel like this. He held me. Maybe two hours, maybe, I don't know. I, I, I just lost consciousness. He just hugged me. He com- comforted me. When that subsided, the pain in my heart was gone. I'm telling you, some of you need the comfort of God. You need God to come and hug you. Amen. Give you comfort. Give you comfort. Heal you. Because when God hugs us, He heals us. Amen. Because I was so broken, right? It's wonderful. It's wonderful. We have to understand this. And you see, when God, now when people lose loved ones, I'm telling you, I'm the first one there. I just want to hug. If anybody dies of anybody, I just want to hug them. I just like, oh my goodness. Why? Because that's what He did to me. Now, of course, that whole thing changed me radically. I was much different when I was, you know, when I was a younger Christian, even a missionary, you know. But because of that pain and God's comfort to me, it changed me. Last one. Hebrews 4.16, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace in the help of time of need. <clears throat> it's a throne of grace. It's not a throne of judgment. Yes, there is white throne judgment coming way down the line. It's coming, yes. But it's a throne of grace. So brothers and sisters, I, I wanna encourage you. Come on. We have to, we can no longer misrepresent our Father. Amen. We cannot, as Christians, we cannot. I believe that's what blasphemy is. Blasphemy is not just saying, using God's name in vain or saying, when you misrepresent Him, isn't that using His name in vain? Hello? Yes, of course it is. When you misrepresent Him. I remember I used to, when I was young, I misrepresented my family. My family was a very high-class family. We used to go to opera. I was eight years old. I would wear a tuxedo and go and watch ballet. Nutcracker, you know. Encore, encore, right? <laughs> Can you imagine me watching ballet and Tchaikovsky and whatever? Da, 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 dsh, da, yeah. Then I became a, a new Nazi gang. Can you imagine? I was such a disgrace. I misrepresented my family because they were not like that. Thank God we can repent. Amen. I want to really encourage you. We have to know God's love and we have to know God's kindness. Amen. I, I just... Uh, Faithworks helped me to, to publish my book. This is, so this is my life story, okay? It's called In My Father's Arm. Not my whole lifeline, just up to now. now. Right? <laughs> Not prophetic, <la. laughs> okay? <clears throat> I mean, uh, you, you can get it. But this is just, it just speaks about In My Father's Arm, the, how God is a loving, caring, kind Father. That's what He is. That's what He is. And that's what we need to portray. Amen? Let's stand. I want to just pray for us all. Father God, we want to thank You today. We thank You, Jesus. We thank You for Christmas. We know You were not really born on that day. We know all of that. But we thank You, Jesus, that You came. We thank You, You came. Thank You. You left heaven to come to, come to us, to look for us, to rescue us, to rescue us, Lord, to save us, Lord. Thank You for Your mercy and Your kindness that You've shown towards us. Father, I want to pray for this congregation, all of us. Change our minds about You, Lord God. 
Help us to rightly represent You wherever we go, God. To be kind people, to be merciful people, to be compassionate people, oh God. In Jesus' name, Lord. Help us, oh God. Lord, uh, help us renew our minds about You, Lord God. In Jesus' name. Anoint us, Lord God, that even during this Christmas time, we can bring glad tidings of good news to people, oh God. And bless people, oh God. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you shalom. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of our Father and the fellowship of Holy Spirit be upon you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Bless you. Have a wonderful day. You've just listened to a production of Cornerstone Community Church. Please note that all unauthorized reproduction, distribution, or sale of the recording is prohibited. For permission to reproduce or distribute the sermon, please write into mail at cscc.org.sg. We hope that you have been blessed.